0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. I am joined today by Eric Naline, publisher of Inside Texas, Jerry Hamilton, reporter of On 3 and Inside Texas as well for both recruiting and the team uh, and the Longhorns. Uh, Eric, Jerry, big win in uh, the Cotton Bowl. Eric, I'm going to start with you. Jerry was on our postgame show yesterday. I got his initial thoughts already. I, I want to go straight to you and get yours.
1: Uh, well, it was fun. You know, um, I was happy for the fan base, uh, exercised a lot of demons. I know guys uh, I know guys celebrated that one pretty hard. Uh, we've been working together for a while now, and we haven't had a whole lot of uh, big games to celebrate together. So uh, that was fun. Uh, Gary's been on IT for over two years now, and that was the first time they beat uh, OU. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy for, for the fan base. Uh, you know, it's good for business. I don't know how much we can tell about the team uh, projecting forward. OU without Dylan Gabriel is probably the worst team in the conference. Now the conference is pretty good this season. Uh, but you know they had no quarterback play whatsoever, extremely one-dimensional. Um, you know, I guess the main takeaway is how good Quinn looked and how devastating the offense is uh, pretty much at all three levels. Uh, that's probably my main takeaway. But Texas was a more physical team. Uh, you kind of expected that going in. Uh, they were a much more well, well-rounded team, and they played a disciplined game too. There wasn't a whole lot of mistakes, not a lot of uh, shooting themselves in their foot. So clearly they had a good week of practice, and they took it to the field.
0: Uh, we have a special right now on Inside Texas, uh, $1 for four months. It's a uh Eric labeled it the blowout special. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like my hair needs a blowout here. <laughs> my well, hair's doing really something funny. funny. I don't know what to say. Hey Jerry to 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 Eric's point uh about uh, uh fans having something to be excited about. Uh that's something that carries over into recruiting as well, right?
2: Yeah, no question. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but um, offensive and defensive players, uh, you know, we mentioned that last night after uh, on the post game show is, is it's an offensive world in sports. Uh, you have a fun offense an exciting offense that carries over to defensive recruiting too. Um, and, and people don't believe that. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, Eric, can Bobby, y'all could all talk to this same thing. I can, when you go ask a kid and ask Rod last night, Hey, what's your first memory of football when I scored my first touchdown, right? Yeah. Every power forward wants to be a small forward. Everybody wants to score the basketball, right? We are in an offensive world. Why do we love Steph Curry? He makes it look easy. He makes it look effortless, and they win 120 to 115, right? I mean, (laughs) so Sark has that with Texas right now. It's a fun offense. Um, Look, and and my biggest takeaway from this game was, and I agree with, with Eric, I mean, you know, it's the worst Oklahoma's look since John Blake days. I mean, look, if I'm Brent Venables, that's the Oklahoma AD, the shadow over my shoulder right now. Okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll
2: say that. So um, I just think that tight end is the most improved position in the program. And that, and we said it before the year, and that's coming to fruition. Um, defensive line has improved. I thought they were going to be better last year than what they were. I think we we're seeing it this year, what we kind of expected last year. And I'll say it again, if Alfred Collins ever gets going, watch the hell out, right? I mean, then it goes to another level. But um, linebacker plays better. Jalen Ford, Tucker Dorsey was a good portal pickup. I think the portal pickups have been better than a year before. No offense to the guys that were there. It's just higher level guys, you know, more impact guys. They're having an impact on winning and losing. But again, look, this all comes down to Quinn right now. I mean, not not taken away from Bijan, Kelvin Banks, the other guys that are going to be first-round picks, but – um texas has a guy that's a legitimate first round top 10 going to be in a conversation for number one overall if he keeps tracking like he is level passer everybody yeah. we can all sit here when's the last time you saw that texas i haven't yeah you talk about,
1: about steph curry making it look easy he makes it look exactly. easier
2: exactly and that and that carries over kids like that i mean uh, uh eric i see what you, uh, your thoughts were but yesterday we we're talking about on the post game show. It's been a long time since the 10, 11 and 12 year old kids, the age of influence were sitting on a couch thinking, yeah. man, I like Texas.
1: Yeah. A yeah. A lot, a lot of times we've seen it lately. It's come out of necessity from the families, you know, the parents thought it and, it, and they were kind of indoctrinated to be Texas fans. Right. They, Texas didn't necessarily earn it the, the hard way by, by actually winning it on the field and, and turning those young kids into fans at that age you mentioned.
0: Yeah. I, I my, my thought on that and I, and I, I I definitely grew up in a different age group than, than uh, a lot of the fans today. Uh, But, you know, I grew up in the age of Earl Campbell. That's right. I mean, I, and I was, I lived in Houston, which was even amplified that because there was not only was there the Heisman run when I was seven, eight years old, there was the, then the love you blue for the next five, six years of my, my life that, you know, permeated everything. And and then, you know, uh, 10 years later, our, 15, 20 years later, uh, we have Vince Young come along, who's this seminal athlete, basically, that, that uh, uh, everybody gets behind. It's, you know, I don't know uh, that Quinn Ewers will be that yet because you got to win a lot of football games, right? you got to put your team into that national conversation. Yeah. Uh, like Earl Campbell played in the national championship game. Vince Young led his team to one. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers has to get there. Uh, Before he becomes that person. But, you know, the throws he made yesterday, the the you know, and I want to say this, too. I want to give some credit to Sark. Um, It's easy for you to have. It's easier to have a number one overall pick. Or a top five quarterback like Justin Herbert. Right. Or Josh Allen. It's not as easy to make make them look good. Justin Herbert didn't always look good doing what he did. Neither, I mean, Will Levi, Kentucky, doesn't always uh, look good doing what he's doing. I mean, friggin', I I will say right now, two guys make them look good. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian – make those quarterbacks look good. Maybe three. Steve Sarkeesian, Ryan Day, and Lincoln Riley.
1: Yeah, you could probably throw Lane Kiffin in there too, but it's a simplified offense that's going to ding those guys going into the NFL – uh, whereas Sark is going to elevate the profile going into the NFL. But uh, if you look at the landscape, Quinn is probably going to be the favorite for the Heisman next year if he keeps playing like this. Look at all the quarterbacks leaving. You know, Bryce Young will be gone probably. C.J. Stroud will probably be gone. Uh, Stetson Bennett will be in the conversation just by being the best you know, productive player on the national championship caliber team. Uh, he'll be gone. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 ball, the, the ball's in, in Quinn's quarterback, how big of a profile he has at Texas – of course, he has to win the game. That, that goes without saying. But there's a good chance his profile blows up even further, almost by process of elim- elimination, if he keeps playing the way he does. Just because you know he'll be the only known commodity coming back at quarterback as far as the the, the big time programs go.
0: Um, I, you know, Jerry, you mentioned the uh, you mentioned uh, Jerry the uh, need uh, for uh, the the improvement for Texas at tight end this year. Uh, what do you think of the the, the improvement at offensive line? Well,
2: I think Kelvin Banks is a first round pick. So it's been a while since Texas had one of those, a legitimate guy. Right. Um, I think that Christian Jones is an improved player as a senior. Um, look, I was wrong. I figured Cam Williams would take over. Christian Jones has played well enough um, um, and it's shown improvement to where he's holding that spot, uh, which is probably good for Cam Williams development long term. Um, but I think the offensive line is, is improved greatly this year, but I think next year is going to be totally different looking. I mean, you know, Bobby speak to you watch the game twice. I know speak to the second team offensive line guys, um, Look, the word has continued to be four or five future NFL draft picks out of that freshman class, that 22-22 class offensive lineman. And I can't say I, I can argue with that in any way, even though only two of those guys are starters. You just look at the upside. We've been all been doing this a long time. But t- tell me what you saw from Neto and some of those guys yesterday that impressed you on the second watch.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I did. I watched the, the fourth quarter more intently um than most people because it you got a good look at all five freshmen, all of those uh, offensive linemen that aren't named Hudson and Banks right. that that, are, that we've all seen right Netto played I thought he played better than any other freshman off any of that other the five freshman offensive linemen that went in uh, he was active he was quick uh he got into people moved them uh DJ Campbell uh, looked athletic but looked a little lost at times uh Cam Williams Uh, Not quite as quick off the ball. Malik Ogbo, I thought, looked good. Connor Robertson looked uh, 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 able and capable. Um, So I I saw that and I'm like, you know, they got three or four guys that that are guys, you know, and that that's just that's just amazing to me. Um, I want to I want to flip this a little bit and and ask Eric. uh, And then I want to also put this question, put this uh, this question up and kind of get him to comment on it. Do you think this is the revenge, the start of the revenge tour for the Longhorns this year?
1: Oh, well, you know, I, I kind of started saying that because that's what we were hearing from behind the scenes. You know, those guys are, were kind of considering that after the uh, West Virginia game. You know, they, they had it in their mind that OU was part of that revenge tour. Uh, unfortunately, they beat Texas Tech the year prior, so Texas Tech was disqualified from being on the revenge tour. <laughs> uh, and so that doesn't bode well for the K-State game. I, you know, obviously I'm kidding here. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know – I think Sark has them focus game to game. Uh, but I do think there is an element of wanting to uh, right the wrongs from last year. So many of those games should have been won. I think that's a very frustrating thing that that uh, carried over. I think, you know, they even talked about that after the OU game, how frustrated they were, uh, you know, by that loss. How many times they, they went back and watched tape over and over again and saw a couple plays here and there that would have made it different. So I think that is a motivation uh, just beyond the regular motivation of winning and playing well week to week. Uh, Sark has this team in a very good mind, uh, headspace. Uh, I don't think I've covered a team at Texas, uh, like this in a long time, maybe at all, since uh, you know, I've been doing this not quite as long as you guys. I was part of the last decade. Um, so I haven't really covered a team where I think that the, that they were unified to the degree they are, uh, and that this upbeat, even after a loss, they were focused. I know a lot of fans were really concerned after that, uh, after that, uh, players only uh, meeting took place after the tech game, but. Uh, That was a positive thing, you know, and and it happens more frequently than people realize just because they want to make sure that everybody's doing the right things, doing the extra work and all that. Obviously that's a, that's where Sean Johnson's uh, time to shine.
0: Um, I I, I want to ask Jerry this question, taking it over to recruiting. We're taking y'all's questions tonight, uh, by the way, Uh, an edge decommitted last night from, from, from Georgia tech. I don't know if Texas has any uh, designs on that player. I don't even know that you know that yet, Jerry, uh, but what is Texas doing right now on the defensive front, uh, defensive line, and, and really edge players in particular uh, that that you can uh, let people know about?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously they're still trying to flip Colton Vosick, Um, And I think, look, I mean, he's in communication. That's all you can ask for. And, yeah, he had on his OU gear uh, when that game started yesterday. But I don't know what, where that heart was beating under that shirt by the fourth quarter. You never know, right? Things change. Um, but, you know, look, I think the, the portal is going to be – a, a big one for Texas. I really do. I, I, you know, when we first started this, when you start doing the best class scenarios, you had 31 guys possibly. I'm, 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 when I'm doing that. Number's getting smaller for more for me. I think you're going to see a much more active push in the portal at edge, at linebacker, uh, at corner, at safety, at maybe wide receiver too, depending on who jumps in. I, I just think that's where things are headed, because um, you know we'll reference Eric's. It's the year before the year article. Um, you know. While high school development is very, very important in Texas, is doing that. I think they're recruiting the right guys on the high school level. You add two or three key pieces in the portal this year, and you have a chance next yeah. year. Quinn keeps going the way he is. I mean, that's the bottom line. You have a real chance. I don't. So Bijan Robinson's gone. So Roshon gone, Johnson's gone, which is great leadership. But Jonathan Brooks has a future in football too at running back, and you're bringing in said Baxter, who damn well has a future in football. So the talent level is going to only keep increasing. Um, But I think D-Line, Texas is trying to make a run at Jordan Hall. Look, Georgia's in a good spot. They've been in a good spot on that. Um, And, you know, I've been reporting on it. But until the kid sets up a visit and shows up on campus, it's always a long shot in recruiting. So um, I think uh, Marcus Deals trending to Texas. I think that has been trending more to Texas. Um, And he's a guy that, look, Bo Davis has done a great job recruiting him as a defensive lineman exclusively uh georgia's running second there tcu impressed after they blew out oklahoma then you know uh, oklahoma got blown out again uh so i think oklahoma's really faded in that recruitment and texas will get the last official visit and right now i'd pick marcus deal go to texas i've not put in an rpm but if i was making one today i would
0: got it uh eric you hear anything in on the recruiting front that catches your eye or ear
1: Uh, Same thing that that Jerry's hearing, Um, you know, not just because we share information all the time, but um, yeah, I I mean, I'm hearing the same thing about the preference to go for the uh, portal. Uh, They're going to save some spots there. Um, You know, I'll I'll be interested to see what happens at edge because, you know, I think we we focused a lot of time talking about the the 2022 offensive lineman, Uh, the defensive lineman. We're never on that same exact trajectory, but man, the Jare Bledsoe is going to be so good. Uh, Jamon Tapp is going to be so good. Obviously, uh, Finkley is going to be good, uh, especially what they're looking for at Jack. Um, So I think that they're going to have some really good players there next season. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure they go for an edge in the portal unless one comes available. Certainly defensive tackle, uh, linebacker and then, you know, maybe even safety. I think if the if the the tight end is the most improved position on the field, then safety is number two for me. Um, I think they're going to want a little more experience there unless they can get uh, Anthony Cook to use his COVID year, which I I don't think would be uh, too likely at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in the portal. You know, we're going to have a lot of fun like we did uh, last December covering all that. It's utter madness. Um, and I think, you know, the emphasis they saw on offense last year, we're going to see that on the defensive side because, you know, the offense is going to be national championship calendar, caliber next year, uh, assuming they get another wide receiver, and the offensive line takes that leap in the in the spring that we expect.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now the one they need to replace is, is Jordan Whittington, really, right?
1: Yeah, you know, that's another it's – it's a leader and toughness and physicality. Those guys – those three guys that they're going to lose, Rashawn, Bijan, and Whittington, are so well-rounded players uh, and, and well-rounded teammates. So, they're, they're, that, they're definitely going to be a loss. Uh, Quinn's just going to have to score their way out of that. <laughs> you know, and I think when you're hanging up 50, you know, I think leadership you – know, you tend to get along. You don't need as much leadership. There's not nearly as much adversity. Uh, so, they might have to score their way out of that. Uh, but new leaders will emerge. You know, those guys are going to leave legacies. If you're a leader, you're going to leave leaders behind you. And so I think uh, I think they'll leave a good legacy behind. Uh, and, you know, but more guys will emerge over the offseason. Look how many guys emerged on defense that we weren't necessarily counting on, uh, you know, even in August or or, or last summer.
2: Hey, by the way, Bobby, I forgot to add in recruiting. Uh, we need to make a point of it. Yesterday was a total flip from the year before, right? When Texas had the big lead, blew it against OU. A&M pulls a monumental upset over Alabama. Um, LSU, I mean, obviously they were struggling last year, but okay. So you just look at it yesterday. Texas blows out Oklahoma. Oklahoma's in trouble. Um, AM loses, so they're three and three. It doesn't matter how close they lost that game. They're not getting the same credit Texas did. Whether that's right or wrong. I mean, Texas was because con- Quinn got hurt. They were that was a recruiting win. Um AM's three and three off week, going to South Carolina. Then they have Florida Ole Miss. I mean, you know, then LSU gets blown out. Tennessee's good, but they still got blown out at home yesterday. So o- OU, LSU, um, and a all your competition outside of Nick Saban for all these top players all lost yesterday. Uh, last year, it was the opposite on that day. I mean, it was uh, – take LSU out of the equation, but that was more of a gut punch last year in recruiting. This was a huge recruiting win yesterday.
0: Um, I watched the, uh, the A&M game uh, last night, um, and – their offense is highly dysfunctional. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they got four turnovers. Uh, Alabama missed two field goals. And you, we were having a text thread. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just share it. We were having a text thread today. Like, what would you do if you're down at the two-yard line? Are you really going to put the ball in the hands of Haynes King to throw it, it with one play left? Are you going to, like, hand it to A-Chain or have Haynes King run? I mean, yeah. You know, what, what I, what, what, I, what, I, I can, what can tell you
2: this: here. Here. unless you have Johnny Manziel, I'm handing it to Devin Shane. I mean, he, that guy's <laughs> going to end up being a first round pick. Just wait. I mean, he's really good. He's going to yeah. run fast. He is. He's showing cutting ability as a running back this year. He's thicker now. He's almost like a running back version of Tyreek Hill in a way, um, to me. He's, he's exceptional now. I would have handed the ball off to him unless I had Johnny Football back there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brian.
1: What I wouldn't have done is I wouldn't have taken it from the two-yard line and thrown it out of bounds at the two-yard line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Stewart ran the wrong route. I think he's supposed to run that to the pylon. He was going pick to six, pick six it the other way. I was It was weird. It was a weird call. That had to be the worst loss or the, the worst performance in a win that Nick Saban's had at Alabama since one of his first years. It's got to be. That was, that was atrocious football uh you know obviously missing their quarterback that was a huge story yesterday who had a quarterback and who didn't Kentucky lost without their guy to, to woeful South Carolina uh you know Texas is lucky to have two good quarterbacks um uh, yeah you know uh, you know who, oh you
0: oh you certainly didn't have one
1: yeah TCU TCU has two good quarterbacks and look they're keeping that winning streak going uh Max Diggins playing the best football of his life um you know so it's, it, that's the story man you can have two quarterbacks
2: yeah. Hey, hey, by, by the way, I mean, here's AM's biggest issue right now. What you're talking about, Bobby. Anytime you go on the road, you can lose close games because of that offense. The way that, hey, whether it's quarterback, whether it's just anything else. I mean, obviously Bryce Foster goes down yesterday. I haven't heard the extent of that injury, but that didn't look good on the. No, surface. it was
0: a, It almost looked non-contact.
2: Like right. A non-contact offensive line is- injury when you're wearing the braces is very rare. Um, so they have they have a lot of issues they're working through, and and that's I know we're going to get to this. That's the next big step for Sarkeesian to me in in this program is is um, look. I mean, Texas is a big favorite over Iowa State. They they should win the game, and we all think they should win the game. I don't care how good Iowa State is on defense; they're not on offense. Uh, Texas should be able to put up thirty-ish points even against a good defense like Iowa State does. I'm you know the three safeties that doesn't really scare me with Quinn because
1: Adrian Martinez just just threw it for 245 had two receivers for 100 yards
2: exactly I mean so but here so here's the next big piece for 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 Sark let's say he's going to win this game Saturday five and two then they have two road games in a row and the, the next step for a program is to look good and win on the road I mean that's really the deal right I mean if you go back to max teams even when they would struggle and lose to OU how many times did they go to Kansas State the next week and win that game a hard-fought, physical, low-scoring game against Bill Snyder. Those games are huge. And even if you lose to Oklahoma State, and I'm not saying they are, but then you're at K-State. You got to you have to win those games. That's the next step. I mean, that's how you're going to get the eight or nine wins this year. And that's that's when you take the next step as a program and become consistent when you start winning on the road.
0: Eric, you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they, they absolutely have to split those those two obvious preferences to uh, to win both. Uh, fortunately, between that they have a bye week, yep. and while they're while they're on a bye week, Oklahoma State goes from playing Texas to playing K State. So uh, K State might be a little tired after that, uh, but and Texas should be refreshed after having that bye week. So we'll see. I, I just you know if they if the offense keeps playing like they the way we've seen them when when Quinn has been in there the last five quarters, um, it's going to be tough to keep hold them under thirty. And right now, the way the defense is, it's going to be tough to score 30. What are they giving up a game? It's, it's uh, 18 or something like that. You know, obviously the shutout helps. But they're, uh, the defense is playing uh, well enough to, to really let the uh, the offense get them a lead. And it, 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 they're going to be tough to beat. I don't know. I'm not going to say that they're, they're not going to win out just because probabilities don't work that way. Uh, but they'll probably be a favorite in most of the games that they go into. Um, and if the offense gives them 30 points, 35 points, the defense is going to keep them in the game too. So they're playing pretty complimentary football, certainly uh, the most, uh, in the last couple of years that we've seen.
0: Eric, who do you think is the best team in the big 12 right now?
1: Uh, I would give it to Oklahoma state. You know, I think Gundy's the best coach. Uh, Spencer Sanders is doing a great job, uh, taking care of the football. Their defense hasn't, uh, has been playing much better since the first week. Um, not, you know, their defense is not uh, perfect, not as good as it was last year. Uh, but I mean, I, I say Oklahoma State's the best. I think they've earned it. They're undefeated. Uh, but I'm not saying I am I might pick Texas in that game, depending on how they look next week.
2: I, I By the way, I think this next weekend's a huge game. Uh, TCU and Oak State are playing. We're, we're going to find out a lot in that game. I mean, uh, TCU had kind of been uh, – Gary Patterson left a very experienced team. That's the one he thing he did leave. Yep. And a bunch of NFL draft picks at wide receiver, by the way. Quentin Johnson looked unbelievable. they kind of been hiding him a little bit or decoying him and – but yesterday was, what, 14 for 210? Yeah. I mean, it's it, so in TCU won on the road game, even if Jalen Daniels got hurt, that life holds a tremendous coach and they, they're they going to compete. So I think TCU Oak State this weekend is going to is going to tell us a lot about both of those teams at the that's, right time. That's, that's going to be
1: old school high score in Big 12 football right there, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, uh, TCU Oak, Oak State.
1: <laughs> yeah, TCU's defense isn't that great. Um, they're gonna, There's going to be a lot of points in that one. I wonder what the over-under is. I didn't check it out.
0: Uh, well, you know, I, I'm going to say this. I watched I watched a, a lot of football yesterday, but I, I DVR'd everything. I watched the game from start to finish with Texas Tech. Texas Tech's freshman quarterback, Baron Morton. He's a stud. He's, yeah. he's got NFL first round. Ability. No question. Um, he, he's got an absolute. I mean, y'all ask me who he reminded me of. He reminds me of Josh Allen. I mean, he's got an absolute howitzer, and he moves pretty well. Now, he doesn't move great, but he moves pretty well. Um, but I, uh, I, I, let I, me, I, I, I want to mention Oklahoma one thing on state's that offense, Oklahoma state's offense. And I know yeah. Gundy moves the ball. I know he does that as well as anybody and everybody. It just sometimes looks disjointed. I, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. Um, it's like, it's like sometimes he uses Spencer Sanders as a runner and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. And sometimes Spencer Sanders looks like he's going to overthrow the ball by or underthrow it by five, by 10 yards. And the next time it's a twenty-yard out that's like on the money. I, I, I don't know what you do and how you how you work with a quarterback like that, but that that's going to get them in. That's going to give them a problem at some point this year. Spencer, Spencer Sanders is going to have a down game, uh, but their defensive front. Uh, I think the three best. I, I think the three best defensive fronts are in the league are uh, Oklahoma State, then probably Baylor, and then maybe Texas, Kansas State, and Iowa State. Those. That those groupings, and I'd put Texas Tech in there too. They're they're yeah. they're uh they're there's strong
1: defensive line, they're strong defensive lines in the conference for the first time in a long time, and I think that's why we're seeing so much parity Uh, and so many so many tough teams to beat. There's there's no easy games left on the schedule, uh, which is kind of absurd to say. <laughs> you know, it hasn't always been the case with this uh with this conference. I, I, I want to say do. one
2: thing on Baron Morton, Bobby, for the Texas fans out there, because he didn't play against Texas, but there was a head coach in the NFL and for people that can follow what I'm saying, they're going to know who it is who stopped off in Lubbock uh, to see a really good friend this spring and watch Baron Morton and said, he's going to play in our league period. No, that was it. So people can pretty much start connecting dots and know who said that, but I'm pretty sure he won a big 12 coach of the year, not too long ago too.
0: Yeah. I I want to say that I just talking about big 12 race in general. um, uh, I watched a lot of the Kansas uh, game as well. And the, Hey, Jalen Daniels is definitely a, a really good player for that offense. The, they had guys running open with the backup. Yeah, I mean, he lit that, it up. the scheme, the scheme they've got, and they've got down even with the backup. I mean, they scored twenty-one points in the third quarter with the backup. So either TCU's defense is anemic or not up to snuff, but that, it wasn't. They were running wide open. Like it, it wasn't a lot of contested uh, defense there uh, in that second half. I was really, really impressed because I thought that Daniels may be one of those rare players that lifts the whole team. You know, and and without him, they would just go back to being lowly Kansas. I'm not so sure about that anymore. Um, I want to go unless you guys have more you want to talk about on the on the Big Twelve. I want to talk a little bit more about Texas and. Uh, what this game coming up means uh, for them. Uh, Iowa State, obviously, uh, 0-3. I think they've lost three games in a row. Uh, Very atypical for Matt uh, Campbell. Uh, But this is the one that I, I, and I mentioned it in in this morning's column at Inside Texas. Please visit us there uh, after this is over. You can read all the things that Jerry, uh, Eric, and myself write. But I mentioned this, is that, Matt Campbell and or his star player, Brees Hall, uh, a couple of years back, talked about how at Iowa State, it was five star culture, not five star players. And it was an obvious dig at the University of Texas, not anybody else. Right. Um, What what do you think that plays into the mindset of the players, not just the fans, but the players? I'm going to let Eric start with this.
1: Well, you know they're, they're so businesslike. I'm not sure that that'll be on the bulletin board. You know, maybe it will. Uh, but they—they they are. You know, when Sark first got there, he wanted them to act like professionals, and so far they—they they have. Uh, and, and you know, once you do that, you start getting these five stars playing up to their potential. Um, pretty much every every player we've seen on the defense is taking the next step, and they're starting to play to their, their star ratings that they had coming out of high school. So, even though that they they're not nearly as star heavy as as some of these coaches have made it out to be, maybe in comparison they are. You yeah, know, I think. Uh, I think, what, what is Iowa State's star average across their roster? 84, 85, something like that. Yep. Texas Texas should have the advantage. If you just went by stars, you know, Texas would have the advantage over every team they play, except for maybe OU uh, before this season. Uh, but but Texas's culture has clearly changed and shifted. Otherwise, they wouldn't be developing to the at the rate that they are and improving at the rate that they are. So, um, you know, we're starting to see – we're, we're getting to a point where the highly rated players are going to start playing like it as opposed to what we saw the last decade. And that's really the whole problem is, you know, it wasn't recruiting was was part of the problem, but the real problem was lack of development. Uh, so we're starting to see that development. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the, the way that they're playing on defense, fast and physical, um, you know, they're trying to play physical on offense. Certainly they are in the perimeter. Uh, this is a physical team uh, and, they're devel- and it's a team that's developing. So clearly that the uh, maybe it's a four and a half star culture right now, not quite five star culture, but uh, they're on their way.
0: I got uh, a question. I, I've got to ask you this, Jerry. Wait, I because I want you to I want you to run off of this a little bit because I think it has a recruiting impact and I want to get your feeling on it. Um essentially, when four and five star players are developed and get drafted, it becomes an endless loop, right? Mm-hmm. That attracts more four and five star players because they start seeing the draft picks. It's it's how he, it's it's the Nick Saban way. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can it, it's it's basically a positive feedback loop. I mean, is that does that how much does that matter to kids, uh, their parents even, uh, and their coaches? I think it, I think it matters greatly.
2: And, and follow up to that, and what Eric said is, Texas has had highly ranked guys on teams prior, but here's the difference: the five star quarterback's playing like a five star. five-star running backs playing like a five-star five-star left tackle it's premium position guys guys that impact wins and losses on every snap are playing like five-star guys the only one that we had ranked as a five-star it isn't to me is xavier worthy he's dropped too many balls this year and i think the kid's a first-round talent but he hasn't been consistent enough um he's the only guy right now i point out that was a five-star guy that's not playing like it right now so but to your point yes i mean here's the thing Bijan John Robinson goes late first round this year, mid first round, wherever he goes, right? Um, next year, to, to Eric's point, Quinn is going to be in the Heisman camp conversation. Kelvin Banks is going to be on the 2024 mock drafts in the or 2025, whatever it is, as a top 10 pick. You're And you're going to start to see these guys. And Xavier Worthy will be in those mocks first or second round. Jatavion Sanders is playing like a five-star guy, by the way. We had him underrated as an athlete. We didn't think he was going to be this good at tight end. He clearly is. So those guys are playing like it. And that's what's going to matter is they're playing like it and they're going to get drafted like it, to your point and to Eric's point. And uh, the player development, I agree with that, too. And that's showing up on defensive line at tight end and at linebacker. It some of it to experience,
0: though? Uh, you mentioned uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, particularly at defensive line. I mean, there's four senior defensive linemen contributing right now.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in the secondary too, uh, guys that you would never th- thought were consistent enough to be drafted. Might, we're going to be in the conversation. Deshaun Jameson might be the best corner in the conference so far this year. Um, you know, so it's th- those guys that are getting developed. They're getting so, uh, sort of a second chance on on those high, higher rankings. I'm not sure where Jerry had Jameson coming out. Uh, I had him ahead of Cook. A lot of people had Cook ahead of him. Uh, he, you know, I think Jameson's got a chance to be drafted. Uh Anthony Cook is playing like, you know, maybe not up to his star rating and he he switched positions, but he's, he's, he's starting to maximize elsewhere. Uh, They're getting the most Keandre Coburn. Um, You know, these guys are going to get, these guys are going to draw a paycheck, you know, and uh, they're actually starting to make plays in college, in college, where, as opposed to, you know, you got a guy like uh, Taquan Graham is making more plays in the NFL than he made in college probably uh, because now he's finally getting uh, properly developed. So these guys are getting developed and uh, they're going to get paychecks because of it. And uh, obviously that, that catches the attention of, of parents. Um, You know, maybe you have a school that you like a little bit more than Texas, but it doesn't make as much sense for you to go there because uh, you're not as likely to go to the NFL. I think we're starting to see that. And what really catches recruits attention is those, uh, those three-year players, you know, Jatavian Sanders, three-year player, uh, Kelvin Banks, three-year player, uh, Quinn Ewers, three-year player, Xavier Worthy, probably three-year player. So I mean, that's, that's really an attention getter right there.
0: Bijan. Bijan, three-year player. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- there's just a number of them that I, I think if you look at what Texas is doing right now, um, it, it can create that feedback loop. Uh, that being said, you know, what does that mean for recruiting right now? Um, and uh, who is that next crop? And we talk about this all the time. And, and not only you guys, but Justin Wells is, uh, also says it. You know, it, it wins like today don't necessarily impact the immediate recruiting class that greatly but a kid that the number one uh, thought to be one of the top wide receivers in the country Micah Hudson out of Lake Belton he's a 2024 prospect he's definitely he's been to Texas already once went to the OU uh, game this weekend uh, as a guest of the Sooners Uh, Longhorns are beating the tar out of him he switches sides and moves to the uh, to the (laughs) Texas side. that's influencing Uh, recruiting in the future I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'll
2: tell you another thing. You know what's a big recruiting uh, thing for Texas right now? Let's call it Arch Manning's decisions being validated. Yeah, and people were second guessing it when he made the decision. Oh, he's turning down Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. And he's going to Texas. They're five and seven, but people are seeing what Quinn's doing right now, and they're saying, "Hmm, his decisions being validated, and that matters in recruiting too." I mean, that's a big deal to have the number one prospect in the country make a decision, which people are like, eh, we get it. Sark's a good offensive line, but Texas, is they're five and seven. They're not any good. What's he doing going there? And then they see Quinn Ewers, and 90% of the country thinks Alabama was going to lose to Texas if Quinn doesn't get hurt. And then they see Quinn against OU, and they're like, okay, decision validated. I mean, and so other recruits see that too. I mean, and so the mood, players recruit players, bottom line. And this is going to be the first time in a while that I really think Texas kids that are in the program now, the young guys, the Kelvin Banks of the world, um, those guys, their recruiting pitch is going to resonate a little bit more um, if it comes down to that, because decisions are being validated. I mean, and that's the bottom line. And you're going to see how much money, by the way, NIL matters so much in recruiting. How much money did Quinn make yesterday (laughs) for Uh next year?
0: Well, I, mean, I don't I don't I mean yeah but he can, well. make, he can make a little bit more next. I mean, so what if he goes from I don't know two or three million to four? I mean, his the the money he made yesterday has all to do with I mean, how much what's the guaranteed pick, top five pick in the NFL make? Yeah, I, yeah. It, it pales in comparison and his guaranteed but, but, money. But you know
2: what I'm saying? When you're scoring touchdowns and you're winning games, guys are gonna make more money in an NIL world, right? And that's your next part of recruiting nowadays, is if you win those games. And and those guys that are they're getting drafted and they're they're making a lot of NIL money, then man, recruiting gets kind of easy
0: at that point if you're reading the room well. well. Let, yeah. let, hey, let's be honest. Let's be honest too. I mean, it, it's not just NI Xavier Worthy is fun to watch. Bijan right. Robinson is fun to watch. I mean, uh, Sanders, Sanders is fun, fun to watch. watch. Jatavian Sanders bouncing off of guys on on a seam route, thrown like an NFL play. I mean, that's, look, I, we've all been around football for a long time. That's fun to watch. That's right. And Texas is putting a product on the field that, you know, these kids are football players too. They've been around it. They know what fun looks like. I mean. Well, you know, and, and at the same time,
2: AM offensively is not fun to watch. Oklahoma is oh. not fun to watch period. And LSU's having their struggles, not really fun to watch. So. Uh, Texas has a chance here if they go go out and knock these knock about uh, four more wins out of this thing and get to eight and four.
0: Yeah. Eric, you agree with that? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. they got to finish strong for the 2024 class as much as anything. I think, uh, you know, most of 2023 is, is over and done with. And like we said, they're keeping uh, they're keeping slots for the portal. So really, this finish has a chance to really impact the, the start for uh, 2024. You take a guy like Micah Hudson, if they finish strong, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, even if Alabama tries to get in there in the spring, um, you know they got to they got to keep stacking the elite talent. You want to see some elite defensive linemen in the next class, especially that defensive tackle. Sadir Mitchell is great for this year, uh, but they need to replace these guys. You know it's it's such an it's such an added bonus that they have five or six you know defensive tackles that they can send in there in waves and they can play play in random co- uh, combinations too. You know just send in any two and they're all right. Um, so they they really need to restock at linebacker and and, and keep just keep keep loading up the talent. Um, and I think the finish to this, this season has a potential to really jumpstart 2024.
0: Um, I've got another question. I'm going to keep with you here. Eric. Uh, uh, you have inside Texas has a special award that goes, it's called the gas camp award. Okay. Yeah. Explain what that is. And then tell folks who you think is the current leader for that award at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, it's often misunderstood. This is a Paul Wadlington thing from his barking carnival days. And it's uh, you know, Uh, Every year there was a player that would just come out of nowhere and have a good senior year. You know, I think everybody remembers John Harris doing nothing for three years. And then his uh, final year has like, uh, you know, 900 yards or a thousand yards, something like that. Um, So it it goes to the breakout senior that hasn't done a whole lot through his career. Now, you know, Paul would have to be uh, willing to modify his very strict rules. And Paul's kind of an old man miser these days. I'm not sure he's willing to do that. A bit of a curmudgeon, Uh, but uh, I think, uh, you know, Christian Jones would be the likely one, but he's played so much football, Paul would probably uh, disqualify him. So I have to think of who the senior is that's playing the most right now. Um, you know, Coburn wouldn't be qual- – you know, these guys have played too much football. But if we bent the rules and gave it to the the best senior that kind of came out of nowhere, I think we'd have to give it to Christian Jones.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's I, – I was I – was, uh, Jerry really advocated for possibly Cam Williams starting over him. And, no, I did
1: too. I, I predicted that he'd be starting by the end of the year. and I, I, I'm glad to, that I'll have to eat those words.
0: Yeah. Th- th- I think that's the way to look at it. Right. Yeah. Um, it's nice that Cam Williams gets to, you know, become an adult over time instead right. of thrown into the fire. And I think it's also helpful that you have two freshmen. Um, uh, you, you've got two freshmen and you have a senior out there with them, yeah. especially you don't want to play Cole Hudson and Cam Williams right next to each other. Right. You have a freshman and a senior out there, right? If you
1: if you're Cam Williams, this has to help your buy-in. You're seeing what Kyle Flood has done with Christian Jones. You just imagine you just got to sit there and do what they ask you to, and they're gonna make you a lot of money, and that's what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I I I think that going back to that offensive line, uh, it's it's an impressive young group. Uh, and they should be better to y'all's point next year, uh, without question. Uh Jerry, um, a lot of people are asking about Colton Vosick, a uh, young man uh, that's committed to, to OU uh, out of Austin-Westlake. His dad played at Texas. Uh, he committed to OU after visiting Texas, Clemson. Um, Oregon. Came, Oregon. Yeah, a bunch of different schools. Um, he was at the Texas OU game this weekend. Uh, he had visited Texas uh, for the Alabama game uh, just to go – went with his dad. Um and Texas has been continuing to recruit him. Uh, where is Texas at in this? Uh, what do you know? What do you not know? Uh, right. To give people a true update on uh, where Texas is at with uh, the young man that won the defensive MVP of the state championship game a year ago. Well,
2: here, here's what you, the easy part to know is he's been in communication with Texas and anytime you're remaining in communication with somebody. You're still open in the process. I don't care what anybody says. You're still open in the process if you're taking calls. I was at the Eisenhower game three weeks ago, and one of the coaches Eisenhower said, Ryan Niblett doesn't even answer the phone when people call at this point. Okay, so there's a difference there automatically. Um, and look, yeah, would the parents prefer him go to Texas? Of course they would. Uh, they let him make a, his decision, um, even if they, that made, not may made them the most happy <laughs> uh, legacies in the world. Uh, but look, he's still in communication. There's guys that are in the Texas program that he's close to, right? I mean, yeah, you know, people know it. Ethan Burke, Connor Robertson, they're all teammates of his, right? And and those guys are all talking to him. They're going to continue to talk to him. You know, the one thing I, none of us can say is, okay, if he's going to back out of this, when is exactly it going to happen? I mean, we don't know that yet. But as long as there's communication, I think you can see that the door is open. And and Oklahoma's uh, on the field this year's uh, opened that door a little. More even let's say that. And there are other couple other recruits that would predict he ends up at Texas. But we've also been in this business long enough to know.
1: Yeah. F- fans are struggling with this one. It's kind of funny to me. You know, you can't make a kid go to your school just because right. it, it just because everything lines up in your head that it's perfect for him. It doesn't mean it's perfect for him. Uh, and, you know, and we see this this situation a couple times a cycle where the, the parents have a preference, probably uh, it's probably not the biggest secret in the world. Uh, but you have to be extremely delicate with how that comes about. I think that even played a little bit in the in the Ewers decision too, to not flip back to Texas. Uh, and so the parents have to kind of walk on eggshells. You know, if they're pushing too hard, it might it might have a negative effect. Um, but you know, some kids want to get away from home. It happens all the time. Uh, Texas landed Jam on tap because he wanted to get away from home. Um, so you know, that just I would just let it play out. You know that, but it's 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 funny to me how often te- uh, fans uh, ask about him. And also, Edge is in much better shape than people realize. They just need another year of development.
2: Uh, and, and, by, and by the way, here's the most important thing with any of these kids. Um, and this is where I've changed in this business over the years. It, it used to be more of a collection of talent mindset. Now it's more about assembling a team for me. And unless he's 100% all in on being a Longhorn, that's not the flip you want at the end of the day. If he's just doing it – because Oklahoma not good this year, and uh, you know maybe yeah. if he's edging at all, that's not what you need right now because things are headed in the right direction. He needs to be—I uh, hate to steal Dabo's line—he needs to be all in if he's going to if he's going to make a flip. If not, good luck at Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, I got to ask you this question, uh, and uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, Texas, we talked about the portal earlier and who Texas got out of it uh, this offseason. One of them hasn't seen any time yet because he's been suspended. Jaleel Billingsley, Mm -hmm. uh, the tight end, uh, should uh, be able to come back uh, this coming week against Iowa State. Uh, But, you know, he's not going to replace Jatavian Sanders. Uh, You know, I I just don't see that. Gunnar Helm, he might see some action there instead of Gunnar Helm. But Gunnar Helm's been a pretty good blocker. Where do you see Billingsley fitting in uh, starting against Iowa State this coming week?
1: Well, you know, I need to hear what, what goes on in practice tomorrow. He's been on the scout team uh, the last few weeks, so he's definitely they're, – they're keeping him ready. Um, but, you know, they love 12 personnel. Uh, he adds another dimension to 12 personnel and makes 12 personnel more dynamic when they want to go that route. Um, you know, they're going to play a, 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 the Iowa State defense where they drop all those defensive uh, backs and, and linebackers uh, so he could be big underneath. And I'm not sure that – that uh, that Stark can ever have enough uh, seam options and vertical options, especially out of those bunch sets that they run out. kind of like they scatter off like fireworks. Uh, you know, that they, they got a touchdown on that to, to Jatavian. They had another play on it. Um, so I think that he's going to add another uh, the dynamic piece to 12 personnel. But, you know, he's not going to replace Gunnar Helm in some looks, and he's not going to re- replace Jatavian Sanders in any looks. So I think they'll assimilate him. There will be games that he goes off. They'll, they'll find matchups. He might have one catch in a game, but it might go for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just because he's an easy tight ends are easy to lose sight of, especially when you're de- uh, devoting so much attention everywhere else. Uh, but, you know, we've seen Jatavian Sanders uh, benefit from having so much attention on worthy. Uh, Billingsley and 12 personnel is going to going to benefit from people being worried about worthy and Jatavian Sanders. So I, I do think there's going to be a time and place where he makes makes some waves. Uh, but I'll be I'll be interested to see how fast uh, Sark assimilates him into the offense. Uh, he's got one more year if uh, if he wants to come back. So I'm really curious to see how the usage goes. We'll start hearing more about that tomorrow when they return when he returns to practice uh with the uh you know with the actual regular team instead of just running scout. What
2: I, I think, think something is? I think something that'll be interesting is we've seen Jatavion split out wide this year. Is he a better third? Is he a better option than Casey Kane? So could you see them play together? Well I mean, they, the they, Sark, they, Sark schemes them open. I know Bobby's going, I don't know. They, but they, look, Sark, Sark, he might, he might pull it out, he might pull it out sometimes. You never know.
1: They've had they've definitely used him and uh, and Sanders on the same side of the field, uh, you know, basically in a five-wide look at a twelve personnel. So they're gonna we know the shifts and motions that they like to use. They're gonna isolate him. I think Uh, is he better receiver than K.C.K. Not if you just line him up straight, you know, straight out there. But if you if you're gonna motion him around and you're showing a true twelve personnel look and then move him around, then then I think his value increases. But you know that. They they have been sort of lucky with health uh, so far at tight end where uh, you know Gunner Helm and Sanders have been able to hold up and play a lot of snaps uh, so it's good to have some death return but he does add an, uh, a, a dynamic piece but it, it remains to be seen how much they use him because they do like to run the ball and Gunner Helm's a better uh, better blocker
0: uh, Jerry I want I want to go to you on this one uh, because I feel like I, there's there's a, a level of this that I agree with and a level I don't. Um, with a better season, shouldn't we expect a better transfer portal offseason with the few misses we got on the defensive side last year? That's from Justin Yarbrough. Justin, thanks for the, the super chat. I think it's a good question, and, and, and I want to ask I'll – I'll ask both of you the same question kind of. I think they'll be better this year in the portal because they have someone actually working the portal nonstop as opposed to someone re- as opposed to having to react to the portal, because the player personnel folks last year they didn't have anybody directly only assigned to it. Um, which, which so that think? should allow them to be quicker on the draw, sure, more prepared, etc.
1: Well, definitely more prepared, and obviously, you know, we're going to have an avalanche of activity, uh, which is different than the cascade that we we had at different times because of the the new NCAA rules of when you can go in. Um, but you know, of the defensive guys that they looked at last year, I'm not sure who would upgrade the defense currently. Uh, maybe Jalen Moody playing linebacker at at uh, at uh, Alabama. Uh, you know that w- that would probably be one. Uh, but they looked at a safety. The safeties are playing really good football. You know, you watch uh, go watch the game, you'll see the safeties back 15 yards, and the next thing you know, they're making a tackle at the line of scrimmage. You're wondering what the hell is going on. Um, so I, I don't know. That, I don't know that they would have had a safety that would upgrade their current uh, the current looks. Uh, Oshawn Mathis is not as good as uh, Baron Sorrell, I don't think, and certainly not. I, I, you you love the value that you're getting out of the d- development for Baron. Baron's going to be a key piece next year. Um, Drew Sanders, I haven't paid too much attention to Arkansas, but he's to me not an off the ball linebacker. Um, so I'm not sure what what the how how bad the misses were on defense last year. Uh, this next year obviously is going to be extremely important because they need they need bona fide starters coming in or at least guys that are starter quality at number, at a number of positions, if they really want uh, to, to be as good next year as they can be. Uh, but I don't think that they, I don't think the, the misses on defense necessarily hurt. Ryan Watts is one of the most important players on, on the team because of uh, the amount of versatility he gives the defense. So that they did really well there.
0: Well, here's the bigger question. So uh, Drew Sanders um is playing extremely well right now i think he's got five and a half sacks okay so, yeah i haven't
1: watched any arkansas yeah. i think texas was late to
0: the game on jared verse who's a stud at fsu right yeah
1: he's um, one obviously uh versus. yeah,
0: yeah. The, 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 that this is the question though right and this is where i'm i'm getting at uh and and if you don't know those guys ahead of time how are you supposed to even sift through a hundred a thousand options in a in two yeah. weeks
1: you gotta be quick. and
0: so um I would bet and Texas is not going to be alone in this, but I would I would bet every Arizona State player that they, that they've seen film on, they're looking at every Auburn player, if they turn over that roster, every Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's a weird one. Nebraska's a weird one too, but Georgia Tech is another. Oh, did did Cameron Dicker beat Kyler Murray again? Is that is yeah. that true? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so here,
2: hey, here here's did my he thing. For the
0: Eagles, did he yeah. did he sign with the
2: Eagles? Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's
0: my. Hey, Kyler Murray,
2: I, I agree with Eric. I like the young edge players, but if there's a Jared Verse level kid out there, you're absolutely going to take him. Sure, um, there's no question. I mean, if you have an eight to ten sack guy out there and you can get him, you're going to go after that guy. Um, and I, I, you know, linebacker obviously is a big one for me. Um, I, I could even, you know, you could even see depending on how 2023 shakes out at the high school level you could see a defensive tackle
1: i think they need a defensive tackle i sure. mean
2: that could be one depending on how everything shakes out there um and, and i think wide receiver is interesting because um it, depending on who jumps in if it's the right name or two you're absolutely going after that guy well, there's I, I no think- question you you know we could name we could throw out a couple of names it'd probably be a little premature but it, obviously we hear things but if the two names you hear on back channel jump in, yeah, Texas would take either one of those guys. It doesn't matter how much talent they have at that position. Um, and I think that's why you see a wide receiver, maybe only three high school guys sign versus four. Sure. I, I, and and Sark knows that year three, the way things are trending, he's got a chance. And this is, this is your year where you make the real big jump. So if there's a difference maker player at any position, other than offensive line and tied in, I mean,
0: I could see it happening. I wouldn't even be surprised if they they try to find an older offensive lineman. Uh, just because right now the first guy off the first guy off the bench other than Carrick is uh, Logan Parr. As well, well.
1: you as get him. if you get Angelo back, he almost fills that portal uh, portal guy coming back. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I I think well, I think they will get a wide receiver. Uh, I think they will get a defensive tackle even though I think Sadir Mitchell is going to give them 15 20 snaps a a a game next year after being an early and rolly. I think he'll be a quick responder to strength and conditioning. Uh, linebacker for sure. Jalen Ford's played well, but they're losing. They're losing Overshown. They're losing Diamante, Tucker Dorsey. Uh, David Benda has not quite taken that next step like Ford has. Uh, and then safety. Safety has some question marks, too. You know, Jaron Thompson obviously is going to be uh, big back there next year. Uh, but they'll need, they'll need a proven guy if Anthony Cook uh, heads off, which, you know, I kind of think is most likely right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Anthony Cook's playing very strong. Yeah, you got Jay
1: Barron is going to be back. He'll be good. And, well, you assume he'll be back. Um, and then, you know, they, Austin Jordan, that corner will probably be ready to go in there. Uh, Terrence Brooks might be a guy that they look at safety if, if, they, if Cook departs and they don't bring someone in. So I, I think each level of defense is going to get a guy. I feel real confident about that.
0: Well, they, I think they need playmakers. Um, we've talked about this over and over. I was happy to see some of the young guys get in and get some action late in that game. Saw Ethan Burke for the first time in a while. Uh, Justice Finkley got action in the second quarter. I don't know if y'all noticed that. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah, And, and it, uh, he anchored pretty well against the, uh, he blew it up a couple times against that uh, counterplay that ate Texas up a year ago. Uh, okay. And so I feel like, you know, to your point earlier, Eric, there are guys that are young that have a lot of talent and they just need seasoning. My concern is, how much seasoning do they need if you next year you really think you might have a great great situation because right now they are stopping the run yeah and there's not a lot of run Alfred Collins is not a run stopper right um he gives you something a little bit different Vernon broughton not a yeah, that's sure. what I would call a, a run style, right?
1: Coburn, right? Ojima, they all three of them play the run really well. It's so that's going to be scary if they lose all three. They, they have to—they've they, got to go to the portal and D tackle. You know, I feel real confident about that. So we'll see.
0: Yep, yep. Um, hey Jerry, um, what is Texas? And this is a different topic. Um, and this—this this is a recruiting question, and it's more hypothetical. Uh, right now Texas has uh Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, Charles Wright, Hudson Card. Okay, if Hudson Card were to grad transfer at the end of this semester, okay, then Texas has Arch Manning coming in at midterm. Still got a full roster of quarterbacks with four, but who it, it, we know this the twenty twenty four group. It, it's like what, who was it that told you the other day? You, somebody told you who's going to follow Arch Manning? That, yeah, what, what big name? What big name prospect is going to follow Joy Arch Manning
1: Julian saying the really talented quarterback out of California has basically told me, he's like, come on, man, I'm not afraid of competition, but what sense does it make to follow Arch Manning?
2: <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and it was, it was somebody close to Michael Hawkins recruitment said that ain't happening that Texas likes the kid, but that's not happening. And he's not, not, he, he, he said that Texas is going to have a hard time finding somebody to go in Behind Arch Manning, that's a really nationally ranked quarterback, and it makes sense, right? This is a diff- the days of USC getting a five-star quarterback, three classes. It's not happening. That's just not happening right now, um, and especially when the name's Manning coming in in front of you, um, because it's obviously a topic on Inside Texas. You know, well, this can Malik Murphy challenge Manning? No, Manning's better one, and no, uh, let's just leave it at that. I just don't see it. Um, but yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, AJ Milwee is going to be at Trey Owens' game uh, this Thursday uh, the Cypher 2024 quarterback, which they like him. He's strictly pocket guy. Uh, he makes a lot of third down throws. Um, he's got a strong enough arm. He's six, four and a half. He's a big frame kid, but he is not athletic. I mean, he is a pocket guy, um, which that does fit Sarkeesian. So maybe you take a guy like that that you can develop. Um, but you know, even if you really like, they say Michael Hawkins, I mean, you know, DJ Lagway. I mean, that's not happened. There's no zero chance, right? Eric and I can both speak to that. So, those guys aren't happening. So if you're gonna take one in 2024, and that I think that's maybe your question you're getting at too, Bobby, is do you take one in
0: 2024? I mean, what what do you and and, and, and you? I think
2: I think it's obvious that there's this decision to be made there because they haven't offered anybody
0: okay. outside of the out of state guys. Yeah. I it just it 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 kind of it doesn't shock me. It just kind of rings true that you know, nobody, no, no big name guy. Theoretically, unless they were born and raised to go to Texas, right, is right. going to want to necessarily follow Arch Manning to Texas the year after. Um, what strikes me about it, though, is this: uh, you can always go if you want to uh, and go to the portal, right? For a quarterback, not—I mean, Dylan Gabriel ostensibly probably would have been pretty good. Adrian Martinez has got Kansas State undefeated in um, in uh, in uh, conference play. I mean, there there is level a level there uh, that how much do you rely on the portal? How much do you rely on self development? All right, I'm gonna I, Eric. This is a this is a you question. Um, you know, do you think any of those guys really take their COVID year? An, angelo may uh, because I mean he he literally could take a red shirt year. I think um, because because of a. Uh, he, I don't. I think he played his true freshman year. But you, you see anybody other than maybe Billingsley coming back out of that group?
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Um, I wouldn't entirely rule out. Yeah, I think Billingsley has a chance. Like, like I said, the next six games are really big with him. Um, you know, I could, is very young. Um, I could see him possibly coming back. He uh, loves UT. Um, you know, I think he would have a really big final season if he did come back and kind of go in, uh, it's kind of like being held back in kindergarten and you finally get with your age. Uh, I think I can see him maybe, maybe coming back. Sweat is going to get drafted higher than people realize just because of his, his size and movement skills are not all that common. He can play the run. He's got enough athleticism uh, to get upfield too. Um, Christian Jones, he's going to get drafted. He's got to go. I uh, obviously it'd be great to have him come back, but you know, you kind of want to start the clock on Cam Williams too. Uh, Rashawn I don't see it Rashawn's going to be a 10-year pro uh, he's going to be a good special teamers in the teamer in the NFL he's going to get some carries too uh, so I don't think you know I don't think he'll come back Angelo probably with his injury you know might as well sit there and rehab on on UT <laughs> schedule and uh, and come back and, and, and give it another run I think he would I think he would probably start at guard next year I don't know maybe uh, maybe Jerry would disagree or start at center maybe uh, it seemed like they had designs on moving them there and that would add some versatility to him uh, for the for his NFL prospects uh O'Gimo, I think might would be the most likely out of the defensive tackles you know as much as Coburn loves UT uh, I think Coburn and sweat are going to get drafted relatively high uh, Ojimo might be seen as a bit of a tweener probably a, a, a three4 defensive end uh, similar to what we're seeing them do with uh, Taquan Graham at times but, you know, I, I think out of that group, it's, you know, to be determined on Billingsley. Uh, the rest of those guys are going to get drafted. You know, they're, they're developing a little too good to get to, to truly get the COVID year out of some of those guys.
0: Jermaine, thank you for the super chat. Uh, good, good answer. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, Eric, Jerry and myself, we all work uh, at InsideTexas.com each and every day. Uh, I guess nine, ten articles a day. Uh, other comments on the message boards that we respond to. We have what Eric likes to call the blowout special—four uh, months for one dollar at Inside Texas. Uh, started that yesterday at around two-thirty in the afternoon when the final score was forty-nine to nothing, Longhorns yeah, over Oklahoma. It's um, always
1: good. it's always good when you can run a special before the game is over. And and uh, Jay and, Justin, <laughs> Jay and Justin had uh, recruit reactions up before uh, before the fourth quarter whistle too. Man, I was dying. <laughs>
0: Well, they were, but some of them already left the game. Yeah, you know? yeah. the game was over. <laughs> you got
1: to beat traffic.
0: <laughs> hey, Jerry, uh, and, and I want to get you guys two two last uh, last question from each of you. Thank you all for being here tonight. It's been about an hour, uh, and I appreciate it very much. Um, lasting impression of Texas OU yesterday.
2: I'll start. Um, the second game in a row that Quinn's played, where he's looked like. Uh, the best natural passer that I've seen in a Texas uniform. No offense to the other guys. I mean, it, it is what it is. Cool. Um, to tight end position, continue. You, you've seen improvement at so many positions. Um, one of the things that he didn't have a have to have a great game yesterday, but I think one of the interesting, most interesting thing that's happened this year with this team is the late addition of Trejo at punter, and that he's a really quality punter. In the college game, he is actually really good. I saw it before that first game, ULM, where him and Pearson were on the field warming up, and he was so consistent. Um, and, and so he's he's become a he's he becomes an important player this year and next year uh, for Texas, especially when you get on the road. A guy that can place the football a little bit when he's called upon to do it. Uh, but I just you know I, I, look, it's all there's so many positives. Kelvin Banks, that block where he took the guy into the end zone as a freshman in, in the in the Texas OU game. You're starting to see some things with these guys. Uh, Justice Finkley physically – he's not going to be a pass rusher, but physically playing the run. Uh, you're starting to see these freshman guys grow up on the field and become sophomores in their physicality from snap to snap. So I, it's nothing but positives right now. I think the uh, I think after Texas beats Iowa State, the next two games are huge. That's when your next step of the program comes is when you play on the road. you got to win on the road.
0: Eric, what about you? What's your lasting impression – of Texas OU, 49
1: uh, and The consistency, the consistency of effort uh, that we've seen throughout the season uh, carried through in a rivalry game. You know, these guys, I, I don't think they knew how bad OU was, you know, because they're not, they can't go in thinking that. So, you know, their mindset going into that game was that they were undefeated, that Dylan Gabriel would play, and they showed up expecting the OU to give them a good fight. Uh, OU didn't give them a good fight, and they kicked their butt anyways. Um, you know, that's... A, they were, they were ready to go. Sark has this team in a very good mental state. Um, I think that they're becoming a lot more dependable. Like You, you have a really good understanding of what you're going to get from them game to game. Uh, even the Texas Tech game, uh, I think you know, that, that the coaches might want that back as much as the players for some of, the, some of what happened there. I think that the, the, the players played with good consistency. Uh, there's still plenty of room for improvement, uh, but they are getting better. You know, Every year we talk about it, you know, you don't want to play Texas by the end of the season, but this year it's going to actually be true. Uh, if they keep improving the way they are, and then Quinn is just—he uh, is different. Um, you know, I don't—I don't really like to to jock ride, but you know, you look at that guy, and he's just not common. You know, I commented in the in the I commented in the in the game thread that it's like mixing uh, Roger Clemens with Greg Maddox because he can change up his speeds and locate uh, like Maddox, and then he can really fire it in there whenever he needs to. And then his anticipation, the soft traits, the stuff that that Bill Walsh would look for, and not Al Davis would look for. Um, you know, the the guy that can. That can thread the needle that anticipates, um, you know, the, the touch on the ball. It, you know, it's easy to see arm strength, but with him, it's easy to see all of it. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it, it's just he's he's an incredible passer. He's going to like I said, he'll be the he'll be the front runner for the Heisman next season. If he keeps if he finishes the season out you know, on, the, on the same trend line that he's on.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, we got to got to see him play more games. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's my takeaway.
1: Uh, it's going to be more of the same.
0: Yeah, with, I, with, well, Sark,
1: with Sark setting them up, uh, some of that play calling was beautiful too. That's some of the best play calling we've seen. Uh, getting those guys out on the perimeter, uh, they've done it a few times where they've got two big guys going after the first uh, the first tackler because they know that the skill player is good enough to make the second guy miss. We've seen that a number of times this year. The play design has been perfect. Uh, the execution has been really good for the most part. Uh, the pass protection is per, is is right what you need. The, the the strength of the offensive line matches what Quinn can give you. Uh, So, yeah, we're seeing complimentary football and we're seeing more consistent football.
0: Yeah, I I think what I was where I want to go with that, and I don't I don't disagree with anything either of you two said. I I actually agree with both of you. Uh, My my thought process on what I am going to remember is this. I called my dad today. He's 80 years old. He's never seen Texas beat. OU forty nine by forty nine points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's and my dad's like, well, that's the you know he's been around 80 years, yeah. That was the easiest Texas OU game I've ever seen. Yeah, he's one of those guys that gets bundled up with nerves during a game, and he's like, "Is this is it?" Was really um, odd. Uh, I felt like OU gave up in that game. I mean, what what's more than waving the white flag and running the Wildcat, when you're down 28, I mean, right that that's a disconnect. I think between Brent Venables and, and his coaching staff, at some level, it has to be, or a disconnect between Brent Venables and his fan base for their expectations, right? Right. Um, well, I, mean,
1: I think OU definitely, OU fans definitely have outsized expectations. They they think that, and that's it's the same it's the same uh, mindset, just in the opposite direction that fans have about Texas can never be good again. They thought that they could never be bad again. Uh, and, you know, they obviously Lincoln Riley put them in a terrible place. Uh, but they, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't address quarterback the way they needed to. And I don't even think Dylan Gabriel was going to be the answer. He just would have been a lot better than what they had yesterday.
0: Yeah. I I would agree with that to some level. Um, my, my, my further point on it is this, um, I'm not sure. The 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 only two times I've fundamentally believed in, um, (laughs) Um,
1: does that go with the khaki shorts and the tucked in polo and the, in the braided leather belt? I can't see that one, but yeah. Well, Hey, what
0: what I was going to say is this, um, uh, as it relates to, um, Texas, I, in, in that game yesterday, I've seen Texas play really great offense. Uh, 2004, 2005, Texas had a great offense at times after at the end of 2004, And all of 2005, Texas had a tremendous offense. Um, 2008, Texas had a great offense with with, uh, Colt McCoy. Not so much in 2009. Offensive line had too much attrition uh, and some stuff there. This, what Sark's building right now, has that potential. Mm -hmm. And those are both. And one won a national championship, one another one won a Rose Bowl, one lost a national championship right? and won a and won a Fiesta Bowl. So not saying they're there this year, but if you don't think that they're not building something on that side of the ball right now that makes other people, regardless of what defensive style they run, it won't necessarily matter. Yep. I mean that 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 that's that's just too much talent to keep out of the end zone is what it is. So, all well, right.
1: Like you guys said earlier, that's going to attract more defensive players too.
0: Just yeah. To talk no, it's a self, self-fulfilling self prophecy. All right. Um, for Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching uh, today. Uh, and Jerry Hamilton, uh, as always, uh, even though you have Brent Venable's shadow over your shoulder tonight, uh, you are the OU fan base looking in on him. <laughs> Texas beats OU 49 to nothing. This is a special edition of Longhorn Live Livestream. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another one on Tuesday night. Uh, also tomorrow uh, at, at around 10:30, 11, I'm speaking with Brian Irwin, uh, the uh, two-time state championship coach on our Lunch with the Coach. And then Joe Cook and Trey Elling uh, will have uh, the Sark Reaction Press Conference Sark goes in front of the uh, mic tomorrow morning uh, at around 11 o'clock. We also have a ton of content on InsideTexas.com from the weekend. uh, Just anything and everything you could ever want uh, if you're a Texas Longhorn fan. Also, we really enjoy your comments and uh, information uh, that you uh, talk about in the message board. Uh, All three of us here on this really appreciate the fan interaction as well. So for Jerry Hamilton and Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton, and that's been On Texas Football.